What the fuck is up, world? Piali Tlaltic Pak. We're back in this bitch. Another grito. Another podcast for that ass. Coming on a week's time from the last podcast on my boy Kierkegaard. Like I stated in that podcast, the goal for the New Year's, first of all, you survived. Congratulations. 2020. Motherfucking over, okay? Realistically, though, we all should know that if anything, 2020 did nothing more than expose to us the everyday struggles that we got to continue to work on in order to ensure not only a future 2020 from occurring again on, on a public scale, but on a personal scale as well. You know what I'm saying? And also, of course, that time isn't fucking real and we're only operating on the Gregorian calendar. So really, who gives a fuck what year it is, what fucking uh, millennia it is, all that kind of shit, right? We got this time right now, this Heideggerian personal time that we're fucking with. And how much of it we got, who the fuck knows, right? That's up to the great spirit, if you will, to uh, decide for us. But um, the point that I made is that, obviously, given how uh, my cat acted fucking crazy, like always, um, obviously, given how impacted we are by the social sphere, there's no doubt that the collective sigh of relief, if you will, to finally be done with that fucking bitch-ass year is undoubtedly one that I, you know, I feel, you know, in the interest of being full disclosure, so I'm sure you probably feel as well, right? So... Congratulations, you survived that shit. But of course, the saga continues, baby. Looking forward to however many years it is that we got left up in this bitch, irrespective of which one it is that we claim it to be, okay? Now, the point is, before I even got onto that tangent in the first place, is uh, in my last podcast, I told you all that my goal for 2021 is going to be to pump these bitches out way more consistently than every other fucking three weeks, two weeks. And actually, I'm going to shoot for every other week moving forward for this, um, for, this, uh, for this 2021. I've been doing this podcast for almost... Almost, it'll be coming up on two years, actually, like in a couple months, okay? And uh, in those two years, I've only put out 52 podcasts with this one, right? Well, I guess this one is 2021. So um, 51 podcasts in those two years. And that, I was thinking about it, is not satisfactory, you know, for me. And um, a lot of the reason why, there's just a lot of reasons why. I've already talked about it at length in this podcast. There's no need to re-fucking, you know, rehash those arguments. But there was one that was revealed to me just recently. Uh, if you follow me on the gram, by the way, you should. OG underscore Ice Nice 13. I think I'm getting a little bit better with sneaking that shit in, right? <laughs> um, anyways, if you follow me on the gram, again, OG underscore Ice Nice 13, you'll know that one of the things that I've been talking about was in preparation for this new year, the end, the cold moon, if you will, that we experienced, right? And the time leading up to the cold moon, was one of great turmoil, but in a good way, which I'm sure is true for many people, but certainly is true for me. And I say turmoil because obviously the negative association, or rather the negative connotation that's associated with it in the Western world. But in my particular sense, right, the turmoil is part of the struggle necessary. It's the dynamic, dynamic pair to growth, right? So I don't necessarily see the turmoil as an evil thing, as a bad thing, okay? Because from that turmoil, I personally received a lot of insights. I downloaded, if you will, a lot of insights from the ancestors that are going to help push me forward and that I'm hoping are going to help. Well, I know for a fact, right? What the fuck is this hope talk? Motherfuck, manifest your shit, dog, right? Own your shit. Move confidently in the direction of your dreams, to quote uh, Henry Thoreau, which is a weird fucking guy who likes to try to keep people from masturbating along with that dude from uh, uh, the Kellogg's Cornflake cereal, which is completely tangential. And besides the point I was talking about, the point here being owning the shit that uh, the information that I received from the ancestors is going to be moving me forward, not just 2021, but beyond for however long it may be, right? Um, and it came at the expense of some great personal turmoil. But, you know, um, one, of the, one of the things, one of the many things that was revealed to me is that the reason why I've only done this many podcasts is because I have a hangup and my own personal hangup 
with, you know, not only keeping your attention, which is one of the reasons why I initially decided to keep the podcast at an hour, at an hour long. I know y'all are busy as fuck. I know y'all have many other podcasts that you're probably listening to. And the fact that you even taking the time to listen to mine means so much to me. I can't even fucking begin to, con- I can't explain it. Right. For those of you who send me your messages and you're like, yo, this fucking podcast or this shit right here. Like, and you know, like that shit means a lot to me. Right. And I can never articulate exactly how much it means because it's just, I, I'm literally left uh, speechless. Okay. Um, but because of that, one of the hangups was going to be, well, it was in fact, because in my desire to not try to keep your attention for too long, it kind of felt like a, like it was a deficit on my behalf, almost as though I didn't deserve your attention, which I'm not saying that I do deserve it. Like, give me your fucking attention. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm saying is like, yo, you're here. You're listening to what I got to say for a reason. You conscientiously chose to be here, whether it's because you want to fucking, because <laughs> you like, you write, you, you vibe with what I'm saying, or because you want to be like this fucking asshole that came into one of my classes one time, wasn't a student. Okay. Mind you was not a student. Just some random person off the street who fucking heard, you know, word about my fucking class and decided to come in to try to disprove me and try to fucking, you know, demean me, which was fucking hilarious. It's like this young kid. He was like 18, 19, 20 years old, probably a Jordan Peterson stand, right? Um, you know how little Jordan Peterson stands be. <laughs> Anyways, um, he comes into my class with this girl who I'm assuming is his girlfriend, which is probably another twist to the story that I should mention because motherfuck these egoistic dudes who always get their little fucking fragile male ego hurt the moment a lady starts talking about some dude they fucking know it doesn't even have to be like a a, in a sexual manner but just by saying like yo this motherfucker my philosophy professor you know uh teaching some shit and probably this dude i'm assuming was probably all up in his little gender fragile fucking male ego feels right he's like i'm gonna go disprove this motherfucker despite the fact that not only was he a young fucking kid like again like 18 19 20 years old but had no philosophical training at all whatsoever right and this was revealed in the discussion of the course when I asked him, it's like, yo, so what brought you here? Like I asked him in the middle of the class. I'm like, yo, because usually people had come to my class. People come to my class all the time off the street. You know what I mean? Um, and usually these motherfuckers, they come into my class and I'm like, yo, well, what brought you here? And they'll be like, yeah, well, I heard about your class and, you know, I wanted to come and check it out, see what it was all about. I wanted to, you know, enjoy it and see what, you know, but that wasn't obviously the case with this dude. He told me, he's like, yeah, my girlfriend had told me about your class and I just, I thought you were full of shit. So I wanted to come and try to disprove you. And I was just like, yo, like, what are you even saying right now, dog? This is, this is funny, right? Um, so the point that I'm trying to make is just a long tangential story. I keep getting fucking pushed aside, right? Is um, about the feelings of like, you're here is what I'm trying to say. Like, you're here because you want to be here, okay? And, you know, part of the knowledge that was revealed to me uh, through the ancestors, right? During this fucking phase in the cold moon uh, leading up to the 2021 was that if you're here because you want to be here, I should not be, I, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, in the, in the desire to keep my podcasts short. Um, I have, when I, when I research them, there's a lot of information that I leave out. Okay. Purposely, because sometimes I think to myself like, yo, that's too, that's too academic. That's too, whatever the case might be. There's many instances why. Right. But, um, I, I realized that in doing so, not only am I discounting your intelligence, like it's very fucking insulting to me. Right to insult your intelligence, very demeaning of me, I should say, to insult your intelligence. But it's also, um, I'm doing the disservice because, yo, if you fucks with this podcast, your chances are you, you're interested in what the fuck it is that I'm talking about, right? And in fucking cycling through these materials quickly, not only do I, you know, it's not that I run out of material because that's impossible. It's fucking philosophy. There's infinite shit to be talking about, right? But I realized that I hadn't been doing due proper. Like I haven't been given a lot of the shit that I've been talking about is due diligence. Because again, I was trying to just, you know, get through it and move on to something else so I can maintain and keep your attention. So the knowledge that was revealed to me, part of it, right, was, yo, like, just take your time. Ease into it, dog. Like, I know you have this, this 
burning anxiety that comes to you from the realization of his personal time and the unknowingness of when it's going to come to an end that you have, right? But you need to take the moment, you need to take the time to actually fucking dig into this material. And if it means that you got to pump out a fucking podcast every single week in order to, you know, properly give fucking do proper to the philosophies and the philosophers that you're discussing, then that's what it needs to be, dog. Because again, ultimately, this is not, it's not about me, right? It's about getting the knowledge out there to whoever's going to hear it. And hopefully that they're going to, you know, that we all use it collectively in a way that's going to help, you know, for the betterment of humanity. I know it's, whether it's for one individual person or whether it's on a collective whole, like it doesn't fucking matter to me, dog. If I can make a difference in just one person's life, my own included, which I can already say that I have, like just being part of this podcast, it's made a difference in my life, right? So already there, I've already succeeded. So, um, but if I can make a difference in just even one person, others, like I've succeeded in that. And in order to do that properly, I need to fucking fully invest into the material that it is that I'm discussing, right? I'm bringing up my boy here, Foucault. Like, this is one of my favorite books of all time. So if you ever ask me, like, yo, hey, what's, what's a Foucault book that you would recommend? This would be the first one that I recommend to you, right? This is the one that I build all my lectures on. So <laughs> um, there's other ones, of course, as well. But that's the one that I go to and I just need to, like, refresh my memory and shit. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because that's what I'm going to be talking about. Not today, but in this future podcast. And it's just showing, like, yo, every single chapter, every single book. Like, you got to fucking break this shit down, dog. So hopefully that's something that you're interested in. And hopefully that'll be something that, you know, uh, will allow me to continue to fulfill the destiny or the mission, I should state more specifically, because fuck teleologies, right? But the mission that it is that I descended back, that I descended onto Tlaltikpak for. You know what I mean? So um, with that in mind, I, before I continue, I do want to give a special shout out to this gentleman by the name he referred to himself, okay, just so we're clear, as Injun Jim, okay? He was a, a Paiute, what was it, a Paiute, Paiute or Kaiut? No, nah, not Kaiut. Something like, I'm so sorry, Injun Jim, right? And so I'm, I didn't even, when I was preparing my notes for this, I didn't even think about fucking uh, 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 researching the, the tribe. He, he told me before, I put it up on the gram, it's up there somewhere, right? You can find it around like the late July, early August area. I'm pretty sure it's the Cayute uh, Reservation somewhere in Nevada, okay? Um, and I met him in San Antonio of all places. And it was just a like, weird circumstance that arise that he actually came to try to help us out because of some shit that went down, okay? And uh, we struck up a conversation. You know, you, sometimes you meet people, dog. I remember one time I went to the fucking dulceria or, or a bakery, I should say, uh, right down the street from my crib. And um, the lady who was serving up the, the, the conchas, I ordered some conchas. I was feeling hooked and Mexican as fuck. You know what I mean? I had eaten some menudo and I had ordered some menudo rather. And I was like, yo, I'm going to top this shit off with some conchas and a nice cup of coffee. You know what I mean? So I, I pulled up to this bakery to get my conchas and shit. And uh, the lady that gave them to me, like when I reached out to touch her, like well, when I reached out to grab my fucking, uh, my conchas, I should say, <laughs> my sweet goods, right? My baked breads. Um, our hands made contact, like my hand touched hers and yo, like at that second, it felt like that Amazon or not Amazon rather, but avatar shit where the motherfuckers like, um, they connect to the little birds. You know what I mean? It was weird just by like the, the by the hand, like I could, t I touched her hand and I got connected to the roots of Mexico. Dog. You could fucking laugh at me all you want, but this was, she was, she was like, oh, she was a beautiful young woman. Right. And she was the color of the earth dog. And she spoke nothing but Spanish. So I was like, I'm assuming this lady is from Mexico. You know what I mean? And when I fucking touched hands with her, I was like, yo, I felt that shit like deep in my fucking soul, bro. Um, not just like, because like, like, not just, I'm not speaking in terms, I'm, I'm going to be speaking here in terms of like of a physical or sexual attraction. I'm saying like La Sangre Sabe type shit, you know, like, yo, this is my people's here. Uh, I, I feel a connection to this person. You know what I mean? And the same kind of thing happened when I met this gentleman who referred to himself as Injun Jim. Like we just meet, you hit it off with people. Sometimes you just start vibing and shit. And you're like, yo, I've, I, I know you. 
Uh, we just, I mean, we might have just met right now, but I feel like I've fucking known you my whole life, bro. Some Carly Rae Jepsen shit. Uh, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad, right? Kind of like that, but a little bit more not fucking <laughs> uh, a commercial, right? The point that I'm trying to say is like, we started vibing and shit, me and this gentleman, Jim. Um, and one of the things that really stuck out to me, dog, is uh, the reason I should qualify to more is because I was talking to him about, you know, because we're fucking in San Antonio, dog, and that's stolen fucking land from indigenous Mexican people, okay? For those of you who don't know the history of like Texas specifically, I encourage you to look it up and specifically the Texas Rangers, you know what I mean? How they basically went out there and they stole all the land from the indigenous peoples that were living there after the fucking end of the, um, of the, uh, of the, uh, uh, after the Treaty of Guadalupe was signed, okay? When it gave the option for the peoples who were still living there in the now colonized Texas to fucking either uh, uh, stay or go to Mexico and the ones that would stay, they would still be granted their citizenship or whatever, right? But they would, they would keep their land. And that's not what happened, dog. The fucking Texas Rangers went in there and they stole it from them. And they, they, did, it, they did it exactly what fucking European colonizers have done throughout the history of this continent, right? So we're there. Me and this engine gym character, we're fucking hitting it off, dog. And we're just talking shit. And we're just like, yo. I told him personally, like, it just came out. Like, it just, it just came out. I was like, yeah, I'm having a good time, dog. But I can't fucking help but feel some type of way about these, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, dog. About these fucking white people who are running around this land here. Like, it's, what happened is it was on a, we're floating the river, Okay. But since it went down during the coronavirus, it had to be on, on quote-unquote private land. Stolen land, motherfucker. It went down on stolen land, okay? So the peoples whose property, right, it was, um, they had opened the river up for others to enjoy, you know, the, 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 the floating, okay? And the whole time we were there, like, you see these motherfuckers, they're riding their little ATVs and they're just patrolling their, their, their property now, okay? And I just, you know, I'm having a good time. I'm with my homies and shit. We're chilling. But the whole time, dog, I can't help but feel some type of way. And what is the type of way? I'm fucking pissed, bro, because I realized the history. Like, we're not just, we're not situated in the infinite. We're not just fucking thrown into a world with no fucking idea. I mean, we are, okay, in the Heideggerian sense, but there's direct material forces that lead us to the position that we are today, okay? And when you gain knowledge of those direct historical forces, those direct material conditions that lead you to where you are today, you just can't help but feel some type of way, dog. You know what I mean? Especially when you realize that these fucking material forces and, you know, the, 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 the benefactors of these are living their best life when people like myself, my ancestors, my fucking, my kin, you know, they're suffering still to this day because of it, dog. You see the people, you know, who are being deported and violently separated from their families and shit. You can see people who are trying to connect to their families, but they can't because there's a border wall in between them and that's the only way they can do so. You see people who haven't been around their mothers, their fathers, their brothers, their sisters, their own children in fucking years, right? And it's because of shit like that. So, of course, I'm going to feel some type of way, dog. And I'm telling this, this uh, gym character, I'm like, yeah, I'm having a great fucking time, dog. But honestly, I can't help stop feeling upset. Like, these fucking people who are just cruising and patrolling his land. Like, this is all stolen land, dog. What the fuck? And he looked at me straight fucking dead in the eye, dog. And he told me, let me tell you one thing, okay? And you can tell this to whoever else you want to tell forever. If they ever tell you that we are happy where we are, just remind them that we are essentially prisoners in open-air prisons, okay? Any indigenous person is nothing more than a prisoner living in a prisoner of war camp, specifically as a language that he used, right? And that shit sent me, dog, like it was fucking, it hit so hard, okay? So the reason that I bring it up then is because the shit that I'm going to be talking about today, obviously, I mean, I developed it, you know, it doesn't develop on myself. I talked about this in previous podcasts, how we all stand on the shoulders of giants, you know what I mean? I talked about it on the previous podcast, how the conversations that I'm having with you, I'm assuming you'll have with other people. And I'm telling you now, it is, this conversation was influenced by a conversation I had with another motherfucker. And in this case, it was the gentleman, Injun Jim, okay? 
And uh, the idea is, again, <laughs> that of Prison Planet, bro. Now, before I get too deep into the Prison Planet, let's just, let's just, let's just backtrack a little bit, okay? Because, again, if you, if you follow me on the gram, you know that I've been talking about this whole-ass podcast series that I'm working on, okay? And this is it. This is, this is, the, this is the introduction to it, all right? Um, it's specifically a podcast centered, if you will, on the tensions between modernism and postmodernism, right? Uh, for some reason, I, I don't know why, dog, but for some reason that, I, I mean, I do know partially, but the information hasn't been fully revealed to me, so I can't articulate it in a way that will succinctly state why it is that I'm so fucking fixated on this, this on this clash between uh, modernism and postmodernism. I'm going to fucking do my best, you know, in these <laughs> next podcast series, as this podcast series rather unfolds, but... For some reason, I still, I don't know, like it, it hasn't, I haven't gotten that quote unquote truth buzz, right? It hasn't fucking rang true enough to be like, this is why. I'm sure it will one day, right? But for now, there's, for some reason, I've always been, or recently, I should say, very attracted to this, this, this fucking tension between modernism and postmodernism, okay? And um, I realized that most of the podcasts that I've been dealing with in some way, shape, or form or another, they kind of collapse into this fucking tension, Okay. Um, they're all complex topics, which is fine. Um, because again, like I said, there's no way to do them justice within a one hour podcast. So I'm not going to even try to do so anymore, right? I'm going to have to break this shit up into multiple podcasts and that's fine. Okay. Because despite the fact that I'm going to be talking about different shit, they're all going to be centered around this fucking tension between modernism and postmodernism, which for some reason is best exemplified by the figurehead of the lobster daddy himself. And the lobster daddy, of course, Jordan Peterson, okay? For those of you who follow along, you'll know full well that this is a motherfucker that... Listen, I, before I even continue with this shit, I should qualify this even further by telling you straight up, like, I was listening to the original... The original, rather. The the first Game City, the documentary, right? Um, shit's a classic, dog. No question about it, right? Um, but there's one fucking song on, the, on this shit where he's talking about a previous track that he released before the documentary where he was alleged to have taken shots at Jigga, okay, Jay-Z. And um, Game comes out on an interview, I think it was with Sway, and Sway told him, he's like, yo, what's with you taking shots at Jay-Z? And then Game comes along and says, yo, like, that wasn't a shot at Jay-Z. That was a shot at Ja, okay? Ja Rule, for those of you who are too young to know, even know what the fuck I'm talking about, right? But um, he goes on to state, like, uh, that wasn't a shot at Jigga, man. I would never take shots at Jay. Why? Because, and I'm, you know, obviously summating here, but the reason is because Jay's a legend. Jigga's a legend in the game, and it's not his position to be fucking taking shots at legends, right? Especially at that time, because he was an up-and-coming rapper still. He's not the successful, established rapper that we know him as for today, okay? This is before the fucking housewife shit that he got himself into, all right? Um, and that really resonated with me because I started to realize it's like, yo, I could see how it could be appeared as though the shit that I'm talking is going to be seen construed in such a way where I'm just trying to take a shot at somebody. I'm basically to give you some more little hip hop culture, right? I'm taking a shot at fucking, I'm, I'm a Lil Pump taking a shot at Eminem recently, right? Saying that Eminem is fucking trash and that no one listens to him, which is hilarious because literally no one listens to Lil Pump anymore, right? He had his fad, J, J. Cole warned him about it and now he's fucking on his way out, right? Anyways. I didn't want to be perceived that way when it comes to fucking Jordan Peterson, right? And I started to realize, like, I could see how a lot of the ways in which I'm talking shit about JP could be construed in such a way where I'm just trying to basically piggyback off of the success he's had, which is undoubted, okay? Um, but I assure you that it really is not the case, okay? Uh, I mean, I could say it all I want, but it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop the idea from coming up. It's not going to be stop the critique from being lobbed, right? But um, I felt it imperative to state that um, before I continued that. 
I'm, I don't know the dude, obviously, right? So the shit that I'm talking, it's not, it's not about his personal character. Like, it's just what he is, realistically, is nothing more than a figurehead. And it's not even a figurehead for anything new. It's a figurehead for this fucking 2,000-year-old epistemology and ontology. The epistemology being the idea, the ontology being the reality that these ideas shape, okay? And that is that of the Western Judeo-Christian world. Like, there's realistically nothing, okay? unique or new about Jordan Peterson. He's just simply taken up a load that has been placed at his feet for people who have developed that load long before he was even born, okay? So there's not even any radically different ideas that he's introducing, right? So that's realistically what it is that I'm fucking critiquing. But the problem is, is that it's not a problem per se, but um, the reason being is that he's the figurehead for it, okay? He's the most successful person for, good for him, okay? He's done the best that he's that, that any other philosopher, and I'm not gonna call him a philosopher, but any other person that's talking philosophy, myself included, because even though I am a philosopher, I am talking philosophy, right? And he's clearly more successful at it than I have been, so good for him, right? Um, but he's the most successful person to pick up that mantle and carry it into this fucking uh, the, 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 uh, into the future, at least for the time being, right? Um, but the reason then that is that I, I, again, I'm not trying to take shots at him just to try to piggyback off his fame so much as that because he is the figurehead of this movement. That is responsible essentially for everything that it is that I am completely against. Like literally my entire existence is entirely fucking contradictory, antithetical fucking uh, to that of Jordan Peterson. Okay. I have no choice. And this is kind of the distinction between the postmodernism and the modernism, right? That I was talking about. Like, I don't know exactly what it is. I have a lot of ideas as to what it is and why it is, but it's still like up in the air, a lot of the shit, right? But there's no question that that, that that is one of it, dog, right there. And Jordan Peterson fucking represents it. And what is one of the, the, the tensions that arises is how, uh, how I and you probably, but definitely many others, especially those of my kin, right? The indigenous peoples, especially, especially those that are being separated violently from their families because of this fucking United States settler colonial government. The tension is, is that Jordan Peterson is a fucking benefactor of modernism and people like myself, we're the postmodern, the quote unquote postmodern, because again, if you listen to the podcast, you know, now what philosophy predates postmodernism by tens of thousands of years. Okay. But, um, what the, the, the current, the most, the most recent manifestation of the European postmodernists are going to tell us is like, yo, you modernists have marched comfortably to the end of history. And you stated that all these problems have been solved, but we're telling you shit is still fucked up, dog. And there's a lot of things that need to be taken into account before we march gloriously off into the quote-unquote end of history that Fukuyama talks about, okay? So in that way, in that respect, I can't help but feel as though my fucking fate is intertwined with Jordan Peterson, okay? And I just have felt the need to fucking, um, I just have to say it again, just so we're clear. Like, you can take my word for it. You don't have to take my word for it. I, I really don't care, right? My intentions are pure is what I'm trying to say when it comes to this, Right? And moving on then, um, I guess I should further, further qualify this. Yo, I got just for this one alone, okay? I have a whole fucking series, right? But for just this one alone, I have 20 pages, I have 20 pages rather, of notes prepared already, right? And I'm not even through halfway through page one, which again, I appreciate every single moment that it is that you listen to this podcast, right? And I'm not even saying that I'm going to get through all 20 pages with this particular episode, but I am saying is like, being deliberate and like for a reason, right? I'm trying to be as detailed as possible because again, the knowledge that was gleaned from the fucking cold moon, right? The end of the 2020 was this very thing. So before I even continue even further, I got to, I got to further qualify by stating like, yo, obviously if you fuck with this podcast, if you follow me on the gram, you know that I fucking hate to cast things in terms of binary oppositions, right? Like I cannot stand this. Okay. The idea that is either, either or, Right, that you're either with me or against me type shit. Like those binary oppositions, that's uniquely 
That's judo Western Christian shit, okay? And I'm not with it, right? But again, given the fact that it is a framework upon which many of us operate within, you know, I can understand how doing so is necessary because it helps contextualize where it is that I'm coming from and where other people are coming from, right? So if that's the case, then naturally do your thing. What I'm trying to say here is like, if you must assume that I'm trying to fucking beef with JP, like, I, okay, fine, right? But I, I, I must insist that my shit is grounded in this interpretation of, of the rejection of binary oppositions, right? As doing so is critical to advancing the point that I'm attempting to establish, right? The best example that I can give you is to say to just think about it in terms of politics, all right? Like, I'll pull shit on the gram all the time, all right? If you ain't following me, dog, you fucking missing out. <laughs> um, but I'll push it all the time on the gram, and I'll say on here all the time that I'm sure, at times, might leave people wondering what quote-unquote end, if you will, of the political spectrum it is that I rest upon, okay? Sometimes, right, like, you might think I'll pull some Marxist shit, and it'll have you thinking, yo, like, what the fuck, is this dude conservative? And then on the other end, I'll post some shit about capitalism and you'll be thinking like, what the fuck is wrong with this liberal guy, right? But the truth is like, I'm neither left nor right. I'm neither liberal nor conservative, okay? I'm from the bottom, bitch. Not left, right, or center, bro. Okay, the bottom being, of course, we ain't even fucking considered on this fucking map of y'all, okay? We buried underneath this map, right? The geographical topography of where the map rests, we buried underneath that motherfucker. Y'all ain't never taking us into account when you develop these political ideologies here in this settler colonial project known as the United States of America, right? Y'all buried us comfortably underground and thought that you were done with us, but surprise, bitch, here we are, okay? So nah, like, my shit is not representative. The Chicano fucking ideology, the fucking indigenous ideology as a whole, it's not represented by this left-right fucking ideology of the, you know, American political system. So I'm neither left nor right nor center, bitch. I'm from the bottom, okay? Um, shit like centrists, a liberal, a conservative, you know, they're, honestly, dog, they're pithy labels designed to reduce us to ideas that are e easily digestible, okay? These easily digestible bites by people who are too fucking intellectually lazy to do the work necessary to develop and construct complex ideas about the world that we live in. They just want prepackaged niceties, if you will, right? And, you know, those prepackaged niceties come in the form of labels such as centrist, liberal, conservative, etc., right? It's typical lazy American type shit, dog, okay? Don't be a fucking, don't be... Don't be average, bro, is what I'm trying to say, right? Um, now, obviously, this is hard because it's in, it's in like an inherent desire in human beings to try to relegate people in order to control them, right? And they're trying to control your mind, your mind, mind, our minds, and our behavior, bro. And also the conformity element. You can't discount that as well, okay? So part of that, that, that that's part of the reason why I'm like, yo, like, I don't, 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 like, let's not try to do that. Let's try to transcend that first and foremost, right? For the second reason here being is that <laughs> these ideas, again, they exist within an, a Western lens and I'm trying to move as far away from the Western lens as possible, bro. So what I mean by that is simple. Let's talk about it in terms of Trump. Yeah, I, I tell people this all the time. I've said it on the podcast many times, right? I've had this conversation with people many times and they'll be like, yo, why do you like Trump? I, because for one, there's things that the motherfucker does that I do enjoy and there's things that he does that I fucking hate. Now, to be fair, there's more of the shit that he does that I hate than there is of the things that he likes. Motherfucker just ponied up to the, the, the power move that he made to give us a fucking $2,000 stimulus check. Like, that, I, of course, motherfucker gave me 1200 bucks. Like, I like that shit about Trump. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't know how many times I got to state this shit. However much money I get in the future moving forward, that might change my views on him, whatever, right? But the point is, ultimately, what it collapses to is, I'm going to be honest with you, dog. The reason I like a Trump figure, not even Trump himself, but just a Trump figure is because 
I like the chaos. It's that simple, right? I don't, I don't, I don't rest in the Western lands, dog. I don't see this chaos as this grand evil that must be fucking destroyed. Like it's not possible. It's dealt, right? It's the unfolding. It's neither good nor bad. It can be construed as good or bad for individual human beings, but at the end of the day, it is just a natural unfolding of dealt, right? The manifestation of this divine energy that creates everything, including ourselves, right? And when it comes to put the political spectrum, I'm gonna be honest with you, dog. I don't mind fucking the the. <laughs> the fucking world burning down, okay? I'm just going to be completely honest with you. Why? Because this world that we're living in, like the actual physical world, okay? But the world, like the ontological world, our understanding of reality, it needs to be burned down. Seriously, straight up. Why? Because it's built on a fucking foundation that is completely antithetical to the happiness, the health, and the well-being of human beings, irrespective of their gender, their ethnicity, their sexual orientation, and so on, dog. This Western Judeo-Christian epistemology and this Western Judeo-Christian ontology needs to be burned to the fucking ground. Shout out to the black metalheads, right? In fucking the 1990s who were burning the Christian churches down in fucking uh, Sweden or Norway or whatever the fuck they were, right? Because they understood for whatever reason it is that they were doing it, what it ultimately boiled down to. This shit, mm-mm, no bueno, okay? And it's it's just, it needs to go, dog. And I, I, when you say shit, like, I mean, it might sound radical. It might even sound revolutionary, what I'm telling you. But realistically, all I'm telling you is, indigenize and decolonize your mind. There's other ways to fucking live this world. There are better worlds possible for us as individual people. Worlds where we're not fucking beholden to the whims of capitalism. Worlds where we don't have to decide between who's going to live and who's going to die based off the fucking stock market. You know what I mean? Better worlds are possible. And those worlds cannot be had if we are beholden to the world, if we are prisoners to the world that we're currently living in, right? So what I mean, I don't fucking, I want the fucking world to burn. That's what I'm talking about, dog. Does that mean I want chaos and destruction? No, of course not. It's completely antithetical to the fundamental you know, uh, instinct of self-preservation and survival that every single human being has, okay? That's not what I want, dog. I want a new, better world, the kind that the fucking critical theorists are always talking about. These worlds are possible, but we're fucking held hostage by the one that we're living in now. And the cool shit about a Trump presidency is that he's forcing motherfuckers to acknowledge this for what it is. I mean, think about how invested in politics you were prior to a Trump administration. I know me personally, I wasn't very much invested in it at all other than like the conspiracy shit. But now, motherfucker, you know who the fucking, you know, you know who the 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 the, the, the secretary of treasury or whatever the fuck, Steve Mnuchin, Steve Mnuchin, whatever the fuck his name is called, right? You know who that is. You know who these fucking senators are, who these congressmen and women are. Like we know who they are now and that's because of a fucking Trump presidency and the utter chaos that it's fucking caused. So that's that's what that's what I'm saying, right? And honestly, dog, the last thing that we needed is fucking this was so fucking sinister about identity politics. They're going to tell you like, "Oh, you're a fucking misogynist because of what you just said." Fuck you, okay? It's not my fault you're stupid and you can't think for yourself, you dumb fuck. The last thing we needed was a fucking Clinton presidency, doc. Another Clinton presidency, male or female, right? Because if we did, your bitch ass would still be on the couch thinking that everything was all good, even though it never was. It never was. Nothing was ever good in this country, okay? That's what the postmodernists are trying to tell you. Whether it's the United States of America, whether it's all around the world, we're being held hostage by this fucking quote-unquote modern world that developed because of the Western Judeo-Christian world, right? Capitalism included. And we're fucking suffering. We're struggling very much because of it, right? And while people like Jordan Peterson are fucking benefiting and they're living their best life, the rest of us motherfuckers, we're hurting, okay? And if you had another, if we had another Christ, uh, uh, fucking Clinton presidency, chances are 
that hurt would have continued fucking completely ignored, right? And what's the beauty of the Trump presidency then? What do I like about the Trump presidency? The chaos that he introduced that forced us. It gave us no other option but to acknowledge the chaos for what it was and realize like, oh shit, this American dream, that, what's the great George Collin quote? It's called an American dream because you got to be asleep to believe it, dog, okay? Maybe there was never no such thing as an American dream. Maybe that was just a little fucking carrot that was being dangled in front of me to keep me motivated to, you know, go to work every fucking Monday through Friday from 9 to 5 so I can continue to hold up this world for these for these fucking uh, industrious capitalist fucks who have, you know, inherited this fucking system and are benefiting it off of it at the complete expense of my life and happiness, right? And <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of the Trump presidency is it's forcing people to acknowledge this, right? Now, uh, moving on from the political end of the spectrum, you can fucking also gather that perhaps I'm a nihilist, right? Which couldn't be any fucking further from the truth, bro. Like, I am not a nihilist. I'm telling you, I'm a fucking Nawa, bro, right? I believe that life has meaning and purpose. Whether that life and meaning and purpose is something that's beneficial to you or me personally, that's a different story, right? We can, of course, influence, hopefully try to influence the outcome and our benefit, as I talked about previously, right? That's why I, I'm shouting out my necklace here because, again, obviously I talked about it before, but it bears repeating. I wear this necklace because I believe it has healing and protective, more, more importantly, protective energy, right? So just, it's power. Like, these beads are power, dog. The work of art is power that, you know, went into it. The power that's manifested, of right? And it's manifested in these beads forms. So I wear it because... It's me personally believing it's one of the many ways that I personally act upon the idea that we can influence the outcome of Dale's unfolding in our benefit, right? <laughs> and because of that, in and of itself, I'm telling you, like, I can't possibly be a nihilist, right? Because nihilists believe in fucking nothing. There is no morals. There is no meaning. There is no purpose. There is no value. And if you take it to the utmost extreme, there is no even anything at all whatsoever. This is all just an illusion or whatever, right? And I'm not that, bro, Okay. And the reason why I must emphasize it is because, again, you know, we allow ourselves to be beat down by this concept of meaninglessness and nothingness, despite the fact that none of us can even intellectualize what any of that means, okay? None, not one person has the ability, ever has, never will be, okay, a person that has the ability to intellectualize what nothingness with a capital N is, what the infinite with a capital I is, okay, what fucking the universe or the absolute is. It's not fucking possible. We are not wired in such a way to do so, okay? And yet, despite that, we allow the fear associated with the unknown, the fear associated with the infinite, the absolute, with death, right, to fucking weigh us down and fucking beat us into this, you know, basically into submission where we're not, we're just passively accepting the role that we've been bestowed upon. But I'm telling you, dog, that shit, I'm starting to realize more and more starting to be revealed, let me get the credit where it's due, has been revealed more and more to me by the ancestors, dog, because there's nothing special about me, right? I'm just a fucking vessel, just a messenger, right? Even the word messenger, too, too much Christian undertones. I'm just, I'm just giving the information out there, dog, okay? The information that's been revealed to me is, again, is like, yo, these motherfuckers are utilizing this ontology. They're fucking brainwashed you with the idea that, you know, scientific Western reductionism, that nothing matters, that, you know, the universe ends and explodes. No, dude, that's not fucking true. That's just one story, okay, if you will. And the truth about stories, dog, is they're all we got, right? <laughs> but that's just one story of the fucking many out there that can literally shape your understanding of reality. And these motherfuckers are using this story to shape your understanding in real of reality in such a way that is going to do nothing more than continue to benefit them. By beating us into submission with this idea of nihilism, they're going to fucking make it so that we 
accept the fact of the material conditions that we're living in because who the fuck cares? Life is meaningless. Life has no value, et cetera, and so on and so forth. It's not fucking true, dog. It's not true. The fear is not that life has no meaning and purpose and value. The fear is that life has infinite meaning, purpose, and value, and that we are not going to recognize and or act upon that in the amount of time that we have while we're in this bitch, okay? So, again, uh, this nihilism shit, like, I'm not a fucking nihilist. Like, I'll post edgy memes because they're fucking funny. They make me laugh. But when it comes to the nihilist, I don't fucking believe a single word that I'm posting about it. Don't get it twisted, dog, okay? Uh, I tell my students all the time, you should believe... You should not rather believe 99.9% of what I'm telling you, including this right here, okay? Just think for yourself, essentially, is the point that I'm trying to state, right? Um, so in, re in reverting back to the nihilism shit, we allow ourselves, to, you know, we, we rile ourselves up by the fear of the unknown, right? That this undeniably induces, and we associate, if you will, this correlative physical responses of the fear to something we can never have true knowledge of, dog. Like, maybe, maybe. You're just afraid of the body's physical, like because your body is reacting in such a way to ensure your continued preservation. And you're associating that fear response to what you imagine death is like, right? And the infinite and absolute. And you know, you're making this negative correlation and allowing it to be fucking further uh um programmed by this scientific view of Western reductionism, right? Which, you know, fucking believe what you can, dog. But you know, I'm just saying dude, the truth about stories, homeboy, they're all we got, right? Then, of course, there's also the matter of death, right? Now, the Western world, dog, they'll have us thinking straight up that this is some sort of morbidity to be... I, I'm, I'll be honest with you, dog, I'm fucking obsessed with it. I think about it all the time, right? Um, and the Western world is going to have us really out here trying to believe that that's some sort of morbidity, okay? But it's really not, dog. It's not a morbidity. Psychology is predicated on the status quo, and it only reinforces the status quo, bro, right? There's fucking... Countless cultures around the world that are very death positive. They don't see it as a bad thing. They don't mourn it as the fucking end all be all. It's just like in the Nahua culture, one of many transitions of life that we go through, the transition of energy specifically, right? So it's not really a morbidity so much as it is a fucking open acceptance of the reality that we find ourselves living in. Like, yeah, dog, we're gonna fucking, we're gonna perish one day, right? And that's okay. Like, that doesn't, that's not bad, right? And honestly, if you want my little bit of quote unquote Nietzschean, uh, influence, but it's realistically more like not nah, what, okay? I'm gonna tell you straight up. I use the Nietzschean language is why I give Nietzsche the shout out, but only slaves are afraid of death, dog. Like straight up, okay? That's the Nietzschean master slave dog that I'm talking about, right? And I come from a lineage, you probably do too, of people who openly welcomed it. They celebrated death. Again, they don't see they fucking Dia de los Muertos, dog. Come on now, right? We don't see this as an evil thing. We don't see this as a bad thing. It's fucking our culture. It's literally in our DNA, if you ask me personally, right? To be so open and fucking embracing of death, okay? Now, again, the Western world is going to have you convinced that death is terrible. And people, in turn, have become so terrified of dying that they've created a fucking life after death in order to continue the process of living, which is fucking hilarious to me, right? And... Also, if you ask me, fucking wrong, right? This, why? Because this right here, this is the moment, okay? This is the moment right here and we should seek to capitalize on it rather than look forward to one that potentially doesn't exist or be weighed down by one that we can never truly fucking intellectualize, right? Why? Because dog, if you've done it right, you'll be at worst, right? Sad at no longer having the opportunity to be able to continue doing so. But at best, you'll be content knowing that you were fortunate enough to have had the opportunity to do so, bro. Okay, what does do so exist? Simply put, right? These fucking nihilist means like, oh, existence is a curse. Blah, 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 blah. F 
fucking chill, dog, okay? Through the good and the bad, life in and of itself, existence in and of itself is still beautiful. The experience of existing, no matter how fucking terrible shit may be at any given moment, if we're still alive and breathing, we can potentially make the best of it in our given circumstances that we can, right? Now, of course, some people will be like, well, it's easy for you to say because of X, Y, and Z. Like, fuck, no, dude, stop making excuses. That slave shit that we're going to talk about at some point throughout the fucking course of this podcast series that I personally feel, especially when it comes to our our community, the brown community, right, has been further programmed into us by these fucking colonial fucks in order to continue to disempower us, right? That victim's mentality, I want nothing to do with it, dog. I don't care for the excuses. I don't care for the reasons like, stop. Yes, I'm a fucking brown person. And maybe it's my privilege as a fucking, you know, as a male, as a straight male, as a fucking person who has a secure job. Like, make all the excuses you want, dog. There's people who are doing so much more with less than I got. And they're not making, why? Because they're not making a single fucking excuse. And that's all I'm trying to say here, dog. No matter what the terrible situation is. I know people personally, okay, who are suffering through fucking shit like cancer. Fucking, you know severe financial hardship that still get up every day and fucking hustle that still see life with a positive mentality so people that say like oh it's easy for you to say fuck you okay um speaking of master shit (laughs) this is like more importantly let me give a shout out to the book real quick oh let me pull it up i'm not gonna delete any of this uh searching process but i do apologize for the dead air where the fuck did my book go uh, the book that I'm talking about here, if you can't hear me because I'm a little too far from the uh, the microphone, is the book on survivance. It's actually a journal. It's a collection of entries from a journal, right? Um, and it's the book itself, again, is on survivance, Doug. And survivance is this idea that was introduced. I mean, it wasn't introduced. It was put to words, I should say, specifically by one of my favorite academics, one of my favorite scholars, one of my favorite writers. He's just an all-around indigenous author, okay? His name is Gerald V. Zenyor, Right? And what Gerald V. Zenyor is essentially telling, oh, let me show you the book. Through the book, or rather through the idea of survivance, is that it's very, it's very common to try to paint the indigenous peoples, right, who endured the, you know, genocide as victims, okay? But the problem with that is you take away their agency when you do so. So essentially, like, this is all part of the podcast series, so don't trip. I'm just kind of like just glossing over it. But I'm going to get deep into this shit, right? But essentially then... What survivance is, is it's flipping this victim narrative on its head to fucking take control of the narrative, to say like, no, 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 dog. like, yeah, we were fucking, there's no doubt, like, the genocide occurred, but we survived, like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're still here, motherfucker, we're not victims, we're fucking, we're, our, our traditions are surviving, we're continuing them along still to this day, our existence, to put it simply and fucking in the most blase way possible, is literally an act of resistance, Okay. And when you tell me that I'm a fucking victim, you're realistically only further serving to disempower me in hopes of trying to ultimately, you know, exterminate me. And I'm not going to, I'm not having it, dog, essentially. I mean, that's not his words, but that's my interpretation of those words, right? So when people are like, oh, but this, yes, okay. But we're here now, motherfucker, and it's time to make shit happen. And no amount of excuses in the world is going to fucking change it from doing so, okay? You got to fucking get up and get done, get the shit done, right? So, (laughs) again, the reason I mention this is because, dog, I get grief in my own community, the Chicano, Chicana community, okay? Because I refuse to acquiesce to the false idea that I am a victim, that they are victims, that our ancestors were victims. Because again, that's fucking bullshit. And honestly, part a low-key part of a desire to re-seize the power, right? That I'm not necessarily against just by the means of which it's achieved, right? Now, let me be very clear with what I'm saying here. Everyone is always jockeying for power, dog, no matter who it is. 
whether it's the white community, the black community, the brown community, everybody wants power and control, right? Very few people are willing to outwardly state this fact, right? So the Nietzschean influence here when it comes to the master-slave dialects. A master will tell you straight up, like, I want power. I want to be the one in power. Slaves, not so much so. They don't have the fucking, they don't, they're not going to outwardly tell you that they want the power, but they still want the power. It's the feelings of resentment. I'll get into the resentment as this podcast series progresses, right? But essentially, what Nietzsche tells us the feelings of resentment are is the feelings of powerlessness, knowing that you want power, basically. Okay, so they want power, but they're powerless, right? And because of that, they're just fucking angry, okay? But they're still going to seek power and they're going to go about it by subverting the traditional way that power is achieved. So they're going to say shit like, people that kill are evil, right? Because that's how they achieve their power. People that are strong are evil because that's how they achieve their power. We don't kill and we are not strong, which makes us good people, quote unquote, but they're not really good people because they want the same fucking thing as the people that they were just chastising. They're just going to go about more sinister ways of doing it, right? They're going to fucking change our morality. They're going to change the words that we can use. And they're going to say, well, at least I established my power structure, not by killing people, but by controlling their language, essentially, right? And they're going to say that I'm good because of it, because it's worse to kill people than it is to control their somehow reality. It's somehow worse to do so, right? And that's kind of the point that we're going to get here, hopefully through this particular podcast episode. But again, if not through one at some point in the future, right? So anyways... Uh, when I state that it's, you know, I'm not against the, the desire to re-seize the power. Don't get me twisted. The whole part of saying indigenize or decolonize or land back, right, is to seize the power. When this sense, the, the power associated with having land and all that kind of shit, right? Um, the power associated with having your voice heard, right? So it's not that I'm against the power. It's just I'm against the way that our community specifically, but others as well, are going about trying to achieve it. How are they going about trying to achieve it? By fashioning themselves a fucking victim. I'm not a victim, dog. You aren't either... We're living in fucking, a, we're living in, well, eh, eh, you could debate to the extent to which it's not a third world country, right? But the point I'm trying to say is we're living, motherfucker, and as long as we're alive and kicking, we can still make shit happen, right? So um, let me give you, just before I continue, a quick little, um, I'll get, I guess, a little bit more grounding for this through the Nietzschean philosophy, right? Uh, because it is what I've been talking about. And according to Nietzsche, he's going to tell us that uh, the function of morality specifically is to express the will to power right? This will to power is, you could kind of refer to it in, in his philosophy, right? It's just this, this, this driving force in all of humanity, right? And for him specifically, he's going to tell us like, yeah, dog, everyone wants control, but the question is why? And the reason why is because what will this control truly bring other than pain and suffering caused from those who don't wish to be controlled, right? And it boils down to the idea that it's all constructs, dog. It's all constructs, right? So... <laughs> Just to wrap up this particular idea, I'm only on page two of these notes right now. That shit's making me laugh so fucking hard, right? But just to wrap it all up, dog, the reason why I felt the need to qualify this is because it's quite clear that all these don't make sense in the traditional Western paradigm, right? But are comfortably, comfortably nestled within an indigenous epistemology. None of what I said, dog, realistically, at least from the Nahuatl, radical or revolutionary or new. In fact, all of it rests comfortably within their epistemology, right? Which gets us to realize, again, the stories that we tell. Now, let me tell you this, if I haven't already told you before, it definitely bears repeating. But the truth about stories is that they're all we've got, dog. Like, it's straight up that simple. And as I was sitting down to prepare for this podcast, coming back to these stories, I found myself circling all the way back to the introduction, at least, 
for some reason, for whatever reason, I kept centering around the common issue of Jordan Peterson. Now, now in retrospect, I realize it's not Jordan Peterson, it's modernism versus postmodernism, right? But again, he's just a figurehead for modernism. So I'll give that motherfucker the, the credit, right? Now, it's strange for two reasons because, well, for one, um, <laughs> when I actually, when, when, when the downloading of all this information first began, I was actually working on a conspiracy theory podcast, okay? <laughs> but as fucking much as I tried to focus on that conspiracy theory podcast, my attention kept being drawn towards this particular issue, right? Which is fucking strange for the second reason in that homeboy doesn't really figure at all in my life, let alone prominently homeboy here being Jordan Peterson. Like, he generally pops up tangentially, like I'll see him on social media and shit, right? But it's not something that I fucking actively think about all the time. I've heard three of his podcasts on Joe Rogan, and those three podcasts alone, they're enough for me to know everything this motherfucker stands for. Like, I don't need anything more. Like, there's nothing new he's going to introduce that I, I can't say, like, oh, that completely caught me off guard. I didn't expect that to come from him. No, I know what that motherfucker is. I know what he represents, okay? So, he'll pop up, he'll pop up tangentially, and, you know, it's like, ah, whatever, Right? Um, and obviously I'm not a fan. Okay. So I'll only keep up with him to the extent that he, again, occur occasionally emerges in the spaces that I occupy. So for some reason, and by the way, he only comes up jokingly most in most occasions. Right. But occasionally there will be a person who wants to take him serious. Right. And trying to advance him as a philosopher worth considering, which is fucking hilarious. But anyways, um, I've talked about before how people, you know, in jujitsu, like we know when you've studied, when you, we know when you know your shit in jujitsu, just within like the first couple seconds of rolling with like, oh, this motherfucker knows what the fuck is up, right? Um, you could be like a white belt that's sandbagging and be like, hey, this motherfucker's not a white belt. Or you could be a black belt that's fucking pretending, like, hey, this motherfucker's not a black belt, right? Just within the first 30 seconds or so of rolling with a motherfucker. The same is true, I've said with philosophy. That's how I know, like, this motherfucker's not a philosopher. When someone comes along and says, Jordan Peterson's a good philosopher. Shut the fuck up, nerd. You have no idea what philosophy is. Stay in your lane, homeboy, right? <laughs> Anyways, the reason I bring this up is because I started tripping. I was like, I couldn't stop thinking. Why do I keep thinking about this motherfucker, right, Jordan Peterson, and about all the damage that he's done? And then I finally realized this motherfucker set to release a new book coming out soon, right? And it's going to be talking. I don't know what the fuck it'll be talking about. In fact, in the interest of full disclosure... Part of the research, right? I can't believe I fucking spent money on this, right? <laughs> not much, but still. Um, part of the research for the podcast, for this podcast series, it's not like I'm, you know, I'm going to give the motherfucker his due proper, okay? It's, I'm not going to not fucking just, I'm not going to Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson. What do I mean by I'm not going to Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson? This motherfucker showed up woefully unprepared to the debate to the debate with Zizek, and it showed. He was exposed. He was fucking pantsed on a global scale, Right? I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my research and I'm going to give homeboy the due proper. I'm going to be as fair to him as humanly possible, okay? Um, so <laughs> in researching it, I realized like, yo, this motherfucker set to release a, a new book, right? And it's from there that this podcast series really started to hit off into its fucking, it really started to get kicked off into its high gear, right? Why? Because it made me realize that the tension between modernism and postmodernism is inherently tied into the indigenization process, Okay. And it's tied into the indigenization process through, of all things, the fucking stories that we tell each other, dog. Because the truth about stories, bro, is they're all we've got, right? And right now, the story that we're living out simply is not working in our benefit, okay? What I mean by that is like, yo, the Nahuatl dog, they say that the cosmos is an amoxley, okay? It's a sheet. It's a blank sheet, okay? It's a book, essentially, right? Upon which Teotel is painting on. Like the unfolding of Teotel, they're going to say like through, you know, metaphoric form is, you know, it, the unfolding of Teotel is painted upon as a Moxley, okay? 
And right now, it's painting this canvas in a way that is unfavorable to his children. Like it's not, and it's not, it hasn't been going in our favor for the past 500 years, okay? But again, the good thing is Thale has revealed to us that we can absolutely influence this painting in our actions, bro. I fucking cannot keep shouting out these beads enough, right? The main reason why I fucking hate these bitch-ass Chicanx peoples, dog, these social justice warriors who are fashioning themselves as victims, okay? That's just another, this Chicanx victimhood is just another white liberal lie designed to strip us of our agency, bro. Getting free is not going to be had by appealing to the, the sympathies of the oppressor, okay? It's had by active actions that are designed to change the course of our fate, okay? And while theorizing is undoubtedly an important process in all this, it's equally important not to get, it's, not, it's important to not get lost in the sauce, essentially, okay? If you will. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> let's not allow ourselves to be reduced to these empty performative gestures, right? Of freedom by spiraling into this vicious regress where we start to theorize about theorizing, where there's literally no action behind our words. Because that's how you get these fucking disempowered Chicanx people who fashion themselves as victims. That's what they've done, dog. They've gone through academia. The white liberal professors in academia have fucking beat them down further, right? They think that they're emerging into these spaces that are going to be open and accepting of them. But realistically, there's still a hierarchy there where you have the white fucking tenured professors at the top and all the little fucking brown people that they're milking for their own personal benefits so they could put on their portfolios. Like, I helped this brown person fucking publish this paper, right? So that they personally can continue along their tenure track or whatever, right? No, dude. We got to stop fucking getting lost in the sauce, bro. These people are out here fucking theorizing about theorizing and they're making themselves victims for everything, dog. Yes, it's fucked up that Taco Bell has fucking stolen Mexican cuisine. How the fuck is that? How, 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 please explain to me, is addressing this and correcting this, quote unquote, going to fucking help liberating the indigenous peoples that are locked up in cages underneath the fucking overpasses here in El Paso, Texas? How is it going to do that? Okay? How is fucking complaining about Taco Bell and complaining about how you're a victim you know, because your culture has been stolen by Taco Bell, going to help people from stop not being fucking violently deported from their families, you know, here along the borderland, but also around the rest of this colonized country. Please explain to me because I really want to fucking know, right? It's not. That's the point, okay? And by posting about this, just by saying like, oh, fuck, la chinga la migra, right? On Instagram, like, what are you really doing? Like, you're nothing. You're not doing anything. You've, you've arrived to the conclusion, like, yeah, obviously, la migra is bad. Because it, why? Because it's responsible for the violence, separations, and all that kind of shit, the deportations, right? But what is you posting about this on fucking social media realistically doing? Especially if we're like here in El Paso, where they're literally fucking a couple miles down the road from us being held in these cages. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's empty performative actions. There's no, there's no merit to it at all whatsoever. We've been completely fucking disempowered and made to believe that just by posting this kind of shit, or just by having this knowledge, is enough for our liberation. It's not, okay? And... This is where, you know, this is where we get to the importance of shit like land back and what it means to be loyal to the land, not to the country or any other flag that flies over it. Now, when it comes to this land back shit, dog, it's actually very important, okay? And this was one of the very few points throughout the... I don't know how to properly state this. It's not, it's not, that, it's not that crucial, okay? But what I'm trying to state here is that, like, usually I don't like to quote people directly, okay? Um, for one, because it's not really, like... It's not really good writing in general, okay? Uh, extensively is what I'm trying to say. Like, obviously, you've got to quote cool motherfuckers occasionally, right? Because their words can just better articulate your ideas or your summation of their ideas better than you can, right? And that's kind of what's going to happen here. But um, as, 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 just as a rule of thumb, right? 
at least what I've been told. Motherfucker, I'm sure other people have different ideas, but I've seen motherfuckers that would like write one sentence and then just the rest of the page will be a footnote that is a direct quote of another author, right? Which, I mean, to each their own, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. For me personally, I try to, I generally try to avoid being too quote heavy because I've, for one, I don't like how it looks, okay? Um, for two, I'm comfortable in my ability to be able to articulate ideas of other people. Like, that's not that big of an issue for me, right? But when it came to this land back one, um, I felt the need to read directly from the person that inspired me with this, okay? Like, I, I it, it just, it's part of amplifying indigenous voices, right? It's part of amplifying women's voices because she's an indigenous woman. And I don't know, like, I'm just going to, I'm going to qualify it here just so you know. Like, this is not, I'm not using this language. It's her name, so I have no fucking choice but to use it on Instagram, okay? So you can check her out and decide on your own, like, whatever else, right? But the Instagram handle is faggot.planet, and it reads as P-H, okay? A-G-G-O-T dot planet, right? And she's a She's a bad motherfucker, you know, like straight up, right? And um, discovering her account was probably one of the most, it's, it's the shit. So if you follow mine first, okay, but follow hers a close second, right? And when it comes to this land back, she's the one that articulated in such a way when I stated, you know what, like you got to amplify the voice. You got to amplify her voice, dog. However, in every opportunity you get, whether it's in an academic circle or not, because her ideas are just, they're that important, Right. So I'm actually going to read to you the Latin back part because it, it, it figures critically into the rest of this podcast series, okay? So it starts with decolonization and land back. She tells us, decolonization is the action of removing colonialism from all aspects of knowledge gathering and prioritizes land. You cannot quote-unquote decolonize a syllabus or an institution without removing all memory of those harms from the land. Decolonization is the literal taking back of indigenous land. It's not a metaphor. It is a practice. It is not a trendy term to placate white guilt. In, in fact, it should never be used by white people unless they are literally removing themselves off indigenous land. Now, before I continue, I should state that this person who is writing this, she is an actual Indian person in the Native American sense. Okay. She's, you, you can see her, 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 her you know, affiliation with her, uh, with her tribe and everything, right? So this is not this is not an outsider speaking about this. This is centering the voice of an indigenous woman, okay? So if that shit strikes you as offensive, like maybe you need to analyze your fucking commitments, not the commitments of this lady, okay? So again, uh, decolonization essentially, she states, should not be used by any white person unless that white person is literally removing themselves from indigenous land, okay? Contemporarily, the call for decolonization has taken many shapes, some mo- more overtly militant than others. It can include the reclamation of indigeneity through skillshare of our pre-contact knowledge, but it is inherently and intrinsically tied to the land emphasis. Within indigenous communities, often decolonization is synonymous with land back, quote unquote. Land back, a a phrase rather coined on social media, demands the restitution and reparation slash rematriation of land to the original stewards. The phrase land back has been adopted by emerging social media artists and memers who have used the phrase to inspire new ways to communicate old demands. And though land back has replaced the co-opted quote-unquote decolonize, thus reinvigorating the praxis action, okay, to the land, there has been little discussion about what land back looks like in practice. Just like decolonize, land back does not grapple with the future roles of non-indigenous people who are currently occupying indigenous land. And neither land back or decolonize pushes back hard enough 
on the often, on the often anti-black rhetoric of co-opted decolonial theory. We say it's not a metaphor. We say it's land back to indigenous people, but we don't define the roles or futurisms of that practice. So why land back? As stated previously, land back reinvigorates the cause decolonized lost in its co-option. It's been stolen, essentially, by academics, is what she's saying. The call to decolonize is passé, which is incredibly disappointing. Decolonize became a practice of academia and institutions. Land back puts the main practice at the fucking front. Land. It is all about the land. The land is everything. It is the past, present, and future. It is all we can rely on. It relies on us to be its advocate and caretaker. Something that is lacking in many radical spaces is the understanding that everything comes back to the land. Our bodies are made from the land. We are nourished, hydrated, and molded by our access and lack of access to the land's gifts. When we say land back, it is a call to action and praxis. Not because we own the land, but because we have the duty to protect the land's interests. Land back is forceful and practical, while decolonization can be deceiving. One cannot escape the demand of accountability that is land back. It's fucking simple. Give us our land back and or we will take our land back. It's fucking land back. Decolonize is passive, malleable, apathetic, and co-optable. Settlers cannot, though we know they will try, co-opt land back because this land was never theirs. This co-option proof statement demands accountability while also being poignant. Honesty, honestly rather, its simplicity is its strength. While decolonize was meant to be simple, it has become complicated and overused, thus taking away from its meaning. I urge indigenous folks to understand that we can never go back to how things were pre-contact, and those who advocate for that are participating in anti-blackness. Many of our kin are both black and indigenous. Many black people today are descendants of stolen indigenous people. We cannot and should not divorce black kin from our call to land back, and to do so is racist. To not include black folks in our communities, historically, presently, and in the future, is erasure. And erasure is the tool of the colonizer. Therefore, land back must include land gifted to black people. Land back must include land gifted to those adversely affected by continued colonialism and imperialism exercised by the settler state abroad. If not, then the decolonial praxis of land back is flawed and perpetuates harm. I am not asking for indigenous people to consider white people in our demands for land back. We are not here to placate white feelings, emphasis. But we are accountable to the black people on this land and the other people of color that have been dispersed and resettled on our land due to war, famine, and other colonial tactics of terror perpetuated by the terrorist government that is the United States of America. The enslavement of black people by indigenous people is not often talked about, but it is a historical reality for a number of indigenous nations, including her own, the Choctaw Nation, the quote-unquote five civilized tribes that they have been known due to the practice of slavery include Choctaw, Chickasaw, Cherokee, Creek, and Seminole nations. All five tribes participated in Chateau slavery and plantation economics. All five tribes refused to free black enslaved folks in Indian Territory, modern-day Oklahoma, post the Emancipation Proclamation, as an exercise of indigenous sovereignty. Enslaved people were not free on Indian Territory until July 1866, and many of the descendants of these enslaved peoples, 
known as freed men, do not receive access to tribal resources or tribal enrollment. By them, by forcibly rather de-enrolling freed men descendants or not allowing them access to enrollment in the first place, the so-called five civilized tribes are perpetuating anti-blackness and systemic racism. Withholding resources from our Afro-Indigenous kin and freedmen descendants is racist. Two more slides. So when we call for the decolonization, which will inevitably end enrollment status and resources, what are the accountability protocols put into place by these indigenous nations to the black folks they, we, enslaved? The answer is land back. Indigenous folks must begin to reckon with the idea of land going back to indigenous people and black people. We are accountable to protocols like reparations, restitutions, and transformative justice. To end, decolonization is not a metaphor, and it is not anti-black. Reclaiming decolonization pushes back on the co-option of decolonization by demanding more transparency in what we, as indigenous people, actually mean when we say land back. And as a non-black indigenous person who grew up in the South, whose ancestors enslaved black people, it is my duty, her duty, to advocate for reclaiming decolonization through land back, a practice that grapples with the intersectionalities and realities of settler colonialism and demands accountability within our own communities. So when I say land back, I mean to black folks too. So the point that I'm trying to get here with this is like, yo, I'm always talking about land back and I'm always talking about how I'm loyal to the land, not the nation or the flag that flies over that motherfucking land. Nations change dog flags come and go what i am loyal to what the point of this fucking push towards this land back is loyal to is the land the land that nourishes me and you the land that gives us everything that it is that we need to survive the land that is being violently exploited by these colonial european capitalists who are poisoning it at every fucking turn they get just to maximize their profits they're literally killing our land they're killing our mother our earth Okay, so when I say shit like land back, that's what I mean is I give it back to the original stewards who that we could fucking properly care for it. What I mean when I say is I'm loyal to the land, bitch, I was born fucking by complete arbitrary chance on a patch of dirt. It means nothing to me. The United States citizenship is one that's privileged undoubtedly, and it's one that to an extent I'm glad to be able to hold. But it comes with fucking other things as well, such as the knowledge of knowing that I, in my name, through my taxes that I'm being forced to pay, is responsible for untold amounts of suffering that is occurring all around the world, that I'm beholden to a fucking history, a story, and if I haven't told you before, please allow me to uh, fucking reiterate that the truth about stories, dog, is they're all we fucking got. And the story that I'm beholden to right now sees me surrounded in the world by these fucking descendants of these initial settler colonialists who fucking lose their wig every now and then and turn around and do shit like commit a mass shooting here in my own hometown because they fear the fucking re-indigenization of this continent, the land back of this continent. So why the fuck would I be loyal to a nation that actively fucking, you know, upholds that? To a nation that refuses to hold these people accountable for their actions? I have no fucking connection to this country other than when it's in their benefit. Me, my ancestors, people like me still currently to this day, we are seen as nothing more than chattel to experiment upon whether it be in the form of fucking removing our uteruses from our women, whether it be in the form of the fucking chemical warfare that's going on with, you know, the lack to clean water and all that kind of shit. It comes in various shapes and forms, but the fundamental reality remains. This country that we're told we're supposed to be loyal to just by virtue of the fact that we were born on land that they fucking stole, right? We're indigenous to the land. They stole this land and we're told we're supposed to be loyal to them and this fucking country because we were born here? No, dude, that's fucking bullshit, right? 
And before we continue, I should say that, yeah, like when I'm going to talk shit about Jordan Peterson. I just can't help it. Okay. And the reason why is it, it's all this right here. He's the figurehead. He's a figurehead for this right here. The, the other figurehead, there's plenty of them, but he's the most famous one. Okay. So I can't help because, you know, if that the suffering that this is causing is fucking very real, dog. And if that gets your little colonized feelings hurt, then just know it ain't personal, baby. It's strictly business. Okay. The same is true when it comes to fucking the ideas of the United States government. Dog, like, I know it might hurt some of y'all's feelings, right? Some of y'all might think this shit is crazy as fuck, but yo, like, that's just colonization in full effect, bro. And ultimately, what it, it's, like, it's kind of like that Kill Bill quote, right, about showing no remorse to the vanquishing, if you will, of one's enemies. I know dude is still fucked up. Let's talk about Jordan Peterson from his drug addiction and likely will be for the rest of his life, but at the very least now... He know he now has some experience to ground his, you know, to ground all the shit that he's been talking. Uh, though not really, because despite the fact that you know this is the modernism versus post-modernism, right? This is the tension revealed full heart in full effect here. Despite the fact that Jordan Peterson, you know, has the the experience now to speak upon when it comes to addiction, he didn't really. I mean, he struggled, dog. But the real struggle is that not having the, the 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 resources available to treatment like he did, right? Motherfuckers in the hood, they can't go to Russia to fucking overcome their drug addiction. You either fucking live out a terrible life until you fucking die or you OD young. That's how motherfuckers generally kick their drug addictions in the hood. Very few will seek the treatment that they need to overcome. Not because of, for a variety of reasons, but chief among which being the lack of resources for them to do so, right? So... When it comes to this, you know, the land back and the Jordan Peterson connection, the answer is simple, dog. It's not just Jordan Peterson, but also like the United States of America, the, the military, like all that kind of shit. Like, yo, dog, the United States military that killed 300 people, uh, you know, in wounded knee. Like, come on, bro. What are we talking about here? Why would I be loyal to that kind of shit? Why would I show any sort of filial piety to these kind of motherfuckers? You know what I mean? And um, I know, like, I know it might sound radical, dog. And I know it might sound fucking a bit too fringe, maybe even a little bit crazy, Right. But honestly, dog, what I'm saying, there's nothing inflammatory about it, okay? In fact, when we break it down into smaller pieces, it's actually quite commonplace, bro, okay? What I mean by that is like, yo, we have no problem saying that we hate slavery, for instance, okay? And we're in adamant agreement of this when we are able to individualize the number of people we believe are being held hostage or who are being held captive, right? It, But... Essentially what happens is like it boils down to this classic heap versus pile argument. At what point does a heap become a pile? So what I'm saying here is like when it's one person that's being enslaved, that shit drives us fucking wild, bro. Like we lose our fucking marbles, okay? When it's two or more, we're still very upset, right? We're very, very upset and we will still fight for them to be freed, okay? But somewhere, I don't know what the number is, dog, but somewhere when those numbers start hitting cult levels, our concern seems to start to diminish a little bit, okay? And our willingness to justify, right, to begin to justify the enslavement begins to rear itself in its ugly little form, okay? No, no doubt, there's plenty of people out there who will fucking fight to try to, you know, expose cults, if you will, right? But there's also a lot of people, dog, who when we think of people in the cults, we laugh at them for being silly enough to fall victim to the cultish practices that led them to be in a cult in the first place, okay? So we started to see already that fucking fervor that drove us so crazy when we realized it was just one person or a couple people who were being held against their will, who were being enslaved against their will. 
we're slowly starting to see that diminish a little bit once we start to get into the realm of the cult, okay? And then from the cult, of course, we get to the religion. And that's when shit starts to get really fucking interesting, dog, because though some of us still may do the same, that is, laugh at the people who have fallen victim to the cultish practices of any fucking religion, okay? Many, many more start talking about the importance of religious freedom, if you will, and the importance of respecting, quote-unquote, the sanctity of religion, okay? And then from a religion, that's when shit fucking hits full tilt because from a religion, we start getting to shit like cultures and nations, dog. And that's when motherfuckers start talking about the importance of a pride in one's country, okay? And the duty to uphold it, irrespective of how detrimental doing so may be to the individual person, which is fucking hilarious. Because honestly, what more are we saying than we are proud to be subject of powerful houses, really, okay? Like, just when I was fucking developing this thought, yo, I couldn't stop thinking about Game of Thrones. In fact, I should give a shout out to Game of Thrones because there's no doubt that it's fucking... In, it's responsible for a lot of these thoughts, okay? Like, it really, it, it helped contextualize, I should say. Not responsible, but it really helped contextualize this fucking idea that I've been grappling with for a long time. And it finally, boom, it put it fucking through eight seasons, six of which were fucking amazing, right? Uh, explained why it is that, what it is that we're experiencing, the clash between modernism and postmodernism. Surprise, we have not left the feudal days of fucking... Um, Game of Thrones times, irrespective of what modernism wants to tell us, okay? The feudalism has just morphed into capitalism, right? And what I'm trying to say here then is that when, when, we're, when we're taking pride like in a nation, dog, realistically, what are we doing other than saying that we're proud to be subject to like a house Targaryen or a house Lannister? Because that's how nations are built, bro. You have these fucking powerful houses that are able to accrue enough resources and military strength to fucking impose their will on other peoples and say, this is your fucking, this is, we run this bitch now, okay? And when you look at the quote-unquote founding fathers of this country, that's basically what you have. You have these fucking powerful families that came from Europe. They exerted their control over this fucking stolen land and they said, you are now a subject to our house. But they're not going to call it their house, right? Because they're smarter than that. They fucking left fucking Europe and they said, we're not going to fucking do all this you know, colonial or rather fucking um, king and queen shit, right? The word escaped me at the moment. Monarchy bullshit, right? We're not going to do that. But we're, we're just going to rename our system, although it's going to remain the exact same in, 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 you know, in all but name, right? They're going to call it a democracy, but they're going to structure it the exact same way that a, that a monarchy was structured, right? So you're not loyal to the House Washington, per se, although there are people, some of them brown, who have the name Washington and they fucking tattoo that shit proudly across their chest and you look at them like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, dog? Right? Me personally, my own slave name, like I hate when people call me by my slave name. I won't even fucking repeat it because of how bad I hate it. But there's people that tattoo this shit and you look at them like, yo, you're basically saying like you're proud to be a subject of this house that you have nothing fucking in common with, right? Uh, and of course, the house here being the United States of America, right? And it's, you know, it's fucking hilarious because... You're not even a part of the family, dog. And yet you still say shit like, yeah, they can kill us. They can starve us. They can fucking deprive us of the financial resources that we need to survive, as was evident through this fucking ongoing coronavirus pandemic. But at least let us live. They at least let us live in their city, nation, state. So that's nice of enough for them, right? I guess, unless you're one of the motherfuckers that's being violently deported from their fucking city, nation, state, right? And subjected to all the pain and sorrow that comes with it. You know what I mean? And that's really how dumb y'all sound when you're defending, okay, the alleged forefathers of this country. 
that they're willing to put your life and your limb as well as that of others on the line to defend a fucking a name of a house that you don't even fucking belong to, one that doesn't even give a fuck less about you, right? And that's the point that I'm trying to make with this one. I say, like, I don't, I'm not loyal to this. Like, why should I show any sort of loyalty to something that shows no sort of loyalty to me? That's, that's fucking brainwashed conditioning right there, dog, and I'm not with it, right? And then, you know, it just realistically, all, we're, all this is asking you to consider is, honestly, dog, what makes a nation so special, okay? Because, I mean, let's break it down in the terms that I've just given you, dog. A nation, realistically, it's nothing more than one person or a collection of a group of people who started an ideology. They created an ideology, right? Whether it's Christianity, whether it's Scientology, I don't give a fuck. It's an idea of what the truth about stories, dog, is that they're all we've got, okay? And everything that we know about reality has come to us in story form. So when the nation itself is founded upon a story, this particular story of the United States, you're very well familiar with, okay? But you realize that that story was developed by a group of people, a small group of people who developed enough influence, right, in banding together to ensure the survival of this fucking ideology, this story they developed, okay? They developed schools to teach it to other people. They developed societies to reinforce it. And now because of that, we're all beholden to this story, Right? And that's exactly what we have here with whoever the fuck founded the House of the Spanish, the House of the French, the the House of the English empires that were in power when they set out to colonize the world, okay? We aren't prideful Christians, essentially, is what I'm trying to say, dog, because of this one absolute truth of the universe. We're that because of chance, right? And these motherfuckers have continued along that trajectory for their benefit at the complete expense of the rest of us, right? This is the prison motherfucking planet that I'm talking about, bro. And these motherfuckers have brainwashed us and established, right, these colonial fucks like Washington as paternal figures to you and I. They're fucking not paternal figures to you and I, dog. They fucking hated people like you and I. Brown people, they sought to actively rid this continent of people like you and I. They're not fatherly figures to us, right? Um, but they, 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 they established them as these paternal figures in their, in their schools, right, uh, in an attempt to pay off of our basic human fucking instincts to seek familiar bond as well as to seek an alpha character, right, to lead us. And honestly, bro, that's fucked up, okay? Because if a cult were doing this today, if a cult was taking your fucking, your loved one and they were fucking brainwashing them with a story that's completely fucking, you know, detrimental to their entire livelihood, you would be pissed, bro. You would be fucking pissed. If it was just one of you, it was just one person who took one of your loved one, you'd be fu- you would lose your mind, you would call the police, you would fucking do whatever it is that you could to get your loved one back, right? If it was a cult, the same thing. When they join religion, uh, it starts to get a little bit weird, right? Um, but once it becomes a culture, once it becomes a nation, again, the heap versus pile argument, we suddenly are okay with it. We're okay with people being lied to. We're okay with people being fucking taken advantage of. We're okay with all the fucking shit that we demone or right, decry cult for just because now it's a nation, just because now it's a culture, like, yo, fuck that, dog, okay? We say to ourselves, it started 500 years ago. It was legitimized through society and reinforced through they public schools, so we're just supposed to be okay with it? No, this is fucking nonsense, and this is exactly what Jordan Peterson and these modernist fucks are trying to tell us. When they say it's the, that we're advocating for the fall of the fucking Western world, no, bitch, I'm advocating for the burning of a world that doesn't, the burning down of a world that doesn't fucking serve me. Like, it's not, yo, I got one shot at this life shit, dog, for all I know, okay? And the story that you fucking have told is fucking jeopardizing, not just mine, but that, the quality of 
hundreds of millions of people around the world, dog. So why the fuck should we keep telling the story knowing full well that it's not going to end well for us? We're not actively fucking fighting for the complete outright destruction of society. We're advocating for the creation of a new, better world that is more conducive to happiness that we as humans can potentially have if we just remove ourselves from the shackles that are holding us back, right? Again, what are we being held captive, yo? We're Not only are we being held captive, worse yet, we're being lied to about it, irrespective of how detrimental it is to our community, right? Again, just look around and see the pain that families being separated at the border by deportation or whatever is causing. Look around and see the pain of indigenous peoples who are still fighting to maintain the remaining strands of their survival. Look around to see the pain of, of just of life in general, of people struggling to live in a capitalist system where the divide in wealth inequality is steadily becoming more bleak, okay? And then, and then consider the hilarity of us being told that this is all for our own good, that we are a nation and that we should unite as one under the paternal figureheads that created this mess. Motherfucker, you sound foolish, okay? You sound dumb as fuck right now. So saying that I'm loyal to the land realistically isn't really that radical or controversial. It's nothing more than saying I understand how nations are developed. I understand the fucking deceit they employ, they, right, employ to ensure their continued survival. And I understand my unwillingness to be deceived, i.e. enslaved, bro. By their ideology. I don't want to be enslaved by their ideology. I don't give a fuck about Jordan Peterson. I don't give a fuck about incels. The best thing that incels can do is not reproduce so their shitty genes don't continue on into the future, okay? And motherfuck simply focusing on the desire to return to ancestral ways, bro, that speak to the fundamental makeup of my being, right? Like, unlike the Judeo-Euro-Christian shit that just feels so forced and contrived, right? This is beyond just that now, dog. This is about aspiring to be a free sovereign human being with the ability to explore its own thoughts, its own consciousness, and very existence without the fear of repercussion, okay? That's what the fuck I'm fighting for, dog. This is more than just land back at this point. This is the freedom to be a fucking existing human being, yo. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get my fucking freedom to exist. No one can give you the right to exist, dog. It's yours. You own it. This is the fundamental fucking fact of this, that this country's, you know, uh, built upon that, uh, the, that we're fun, uh, fundamentally endowed right of human beings, right? Just to exist. So to say that, you know, that you in any way can have any control over that existence, whether it be over the thoughts or the physical actions, is fucking ridiculous, dog. Again, as far as we know, we only get one shot at this, bro. And I'm not trying to have my shot limited or jeopardized because y'all motherfuckers insist on being beholden. Y'all motherfuckers being these modernist fucks like Jordan Peterson they're beholden to their chimp desire to assert dominance, bro. Assert dominance and control as well as to maintain conformity because that's how their structures, that's how their society's built, you know? But there's alternatives. Jordan Peterson ain't trying to hear it because he's a modernist. The postmodernists, they're going to tell you straight up, like, yeah, dog, there's plurality of truths. There's multiple truths out there. There's different ways to live in this world, okay? There's different ways to live in this world that aren't detrimental to the overall happiness and well-being of humanity. Let me tell you something, dog. Hood philosophy is driven by love, okay? We get high on all types of drugs, but man, all we really need is love. Talib Kweli, okay? And I know a lot of the shit that I'm talking is seems counterintuitive to the aims of love, but honestly, it boils down to the desire 
to spread love, dog. And the realization that the story that we're beholden to is antithetical to that desire. That the story that we're beholden to, although we're told is one of love, it's actually kind of a form of gaslighting, dog, because the only people that get any of the real love are the people who are benefiting from it, right? I'm not saying that love is impossible to be had by those who aren't benefiting from it. I'm saying that the ones who are, they don't, they don't understand the struggle that we're going through, okay? They don't understand all the obstacles that are keeping us from having not just love in our lives, but from living a good life, okay? So I know it might sound radical, and I know it might maybe even sound fucking scary, okay? But at the base, it's driven by this love, dog, a love of people I don't even know, people I don't even have to know, okay? It's, let me just end it simple, dog. The message that was delivered by the ancestors is one of oneness, okay? They all, baby, monism, okay? Dynamic, dynamic monism. It's just one, dog. We're all the same fucking thing, okay? We're all made up of the same essence. We all share the same fundamental humanity. And the story that we're told right now, the story that we're being told is one of division. It's one of separating us from our essence, from our oneness, right? And the truth about stories, dog, is they're all we've got. So I'll end this story today. And I'll continue up again next week with the continuation as to how this fucking Western feudal society that we're beholden to is best exemplified through the struggle of science, okay? So until then, I hope you all have a great rest of your day, and I'll see you next time. Peace.